Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Robin Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Go. Welcome to another episode of Geek Vibes Live, brought to you by, <clears throat> excuse me, wow, Manscaped. With summer right around the corner, the time is now to look and feel fresh, especially below the waist. Think about all the upcoming pool parties, beach days, road trips, and backyard barbecues, and to ensure that you are ready to capitalize when the right situation prevents it presents itself, not prevents, presents itself, um, <laughs> visit manscaped.com. Manscaped.com takes the risk out of manscaping thanks to precision-engineered tools which are optimized for male grooming and hygiene. As seen on Shark Tank, visit manscaped.com to find out why they are number one in men's below-the-waist grooming. You'll want to keep an eye out for the Perfect Package 2.0 kit that includes the lawnmower 2.0, an electric trimmer worthy of getting up close and personal below the waist waistline, which features uh, skin-safe technology to ensure a nick-free uh, manscaping experience. Get 20% off, free shipping, and a free travel bag with promo code GeekVibes20 at Manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off, free shipping, and a free travel bag with the promo code GeekVibes20 at Manscaped.com. Once again, we want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring us. And without further ado, let the show begin. Uh, let me introduce our amazing panel. Yes, I say amazing panel. Um, Nick, what's going on, Nick? You you really like to accentuate the the Nick in that uh, in that a hundred percent that ad. Uh, you, you're like uh, I, I feel I feel like you're doing it on purpose at this point. Like last week, I was like. Oh, like yeah, you just kind of you know maybe no. This week it's like no, nah, he's 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 going full Nick on this one. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going full Nick. They say you should never go full Nick, <laughs> but I'm going full Nick. Um, Tia, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's going on, Tia? How are you guys today? I'm excited to be on this panel. There's so much to talk about. I can't wait to just dive into everything with you guys. First, I want to say I am very late to the party on this but I wanted to make sure I said it on, on air. Detective Pikachu, amazing. Freaking amazing. 
uh, it broke the mold of what you see video game live adaptations to be. Um, huge, huge, huge congrats to everyone that was a part of Detective Pikachu. Ryan Reynolds, perfect casting. Can't get any better than that. Um, cannot wait for the sequel. Did not really like how it ended. was a bit confusing, but nonetheless, really enjoyed it. Um, but all right, without further ado, let's get into our trailer talk. Um, we had three really big trailers come out this week, um, and they were all really good. Uh, let's start with the latest one to come out with Terminator. Um, I, I don't know what to say about how I felt about this trailer. Um, so Nick, I'll just go to you first. Your thoughts on the new Terminator trailer. I enjoyed it. Like, I mean, I, 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 you know, I have to be cautious at this point when it, as it pertains to any sort of Terminator movie. Um, cause we've been, we've been burned quite a few times the last, the last few times. Um, so, you know, there is that. I, I am kind of a, um, like, uh, uh, what is, uh, what does, uh, Jacoby call it? A die easy, uh, uh, Terminator 3 fan. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, I will defend it up to a certain point. Like, I think it, I think it's a, it does an admirable job. Um, now, Salvation and Genesis, not, not a fan of either of those. Um, but, uh, I am, you know, I am cautiously optimistic. Uh, I, I mean, I love Linda Ham- Hamilton coming back. She looks like a total badass. Um, and, you know, so that part of it is very exciting. I'm excited that Tim Miller is directing it. I think he did a great job with the first Deadpool. Um, and I, I would kind of expect to see uh, a lot of this movie grounded in that same sort of uh, – like not over the top action. We're not going to get a Michael Bay movie, um, but with a bigger budget, he can he can do a little bit more than what he was able to do um, with with the first Deadpool movie. So that should be exciting. Um, I, uh, I I forget the actress, but the actress playing um, the I, the blonde um, chick protecting the the other girl. Um, she, I, I'm not sure if she's a Terminator or she's just like an enhanced human um, who, who's like been is like enhanced to combat the Terminators. I'm kind of leaning towards the latter on that one, but she seems awesome. She seems like super badass. The scene where she like blocks the um, the uh, uh, like crowbar or whatever that he throws, um, it was super cool. Uh, like a little flip, shimmy flip she did up into the back of the truck. So like I'm excited about that, and obviously we get the the whole Sarah Connor bit where she's like I've never seen one of your kind before, and she's like Well, I'm not a Terminator, so that's kind of what leads me to believe uh, the latter that she's some she's human, but they've somehow um, you know made her uh, through various technologies like enhanced her um, resiliency, her body, and everything in order to be able to fight. Uh, to you know, create an equal playing field between humans versus Terminators. Um, so I, I'm really excited about that. Um, I, I obviously like the big intrigue is that this takes place shortly after um, the, or, or not shortly, but it, it, it's a follow up to Terminator 2 and kind of ignores the rest. Um, which I think in this particular franchise is probably like a lot easier to do than a lot of other franchises because. 
it deals in time travel and different timelines and everything else. So it's very easy um, to like think of this as just an alternate timeline. Um, so you know that's that's exciting, um, and the fact that James Cameron is does seem to be more involved in this one than uh, you know than previous ones. Uh, you know he he gave Genesis like the seal of approval, if you will. Um, but, uh, he wasn't really involved in it. So the, the fact that he's kind of involved in it and, and Tim Miller's at the helm, I, I think is promising. Um, but yeah, overall, I like the trailer when she takes the hammer and smashes the shit out of his leg. Like I was like, damn son. Um, like I definitely look forward to that like battle. Um, I'm super curious where John Connor is. I think he's dead. Um, which is fine. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'll be interested to see if they if they really touch on that, um, and and if so, how they do. Um, now there was uh, they are doing some like digital de aging stuff with a with a an actor who's who's going to uh, well a they're bringing back the actor who um, was the model um, to to put um, young Arnold's face uh, on from Genesis. Um, and they also brought in a young actor um, that they're going to um, uh, put Edward Furlong's face on. Um, so I would imagine that that would be some kind of flashback sequence. Um, not sure how all of that, uh, you know, would is going to tie into the movie, but like that's certainly interesting. And the fact that we don't have an actor who is going to be you know portraying john connor um maybe that's the better route to go though because honestly like john connor's never really been that interesting of a character like um sarah connor has always been way more interesting so i'm totally cool if that's the route they go but overall i mean i thought it was a good teaser trailer i hope that they learn their lesson from like the last movie they made and they don't like start just spoiling everything with the second and third trailer um so i got my fingers crossed on that um but i am i am tentatively very hyped uh for this movie mackenzie davis is the name that you were um yes you were you were thinking of that's her name she looks um, super badass yes she does she definitely does um i i will say that um, I really do hope that this movie is good because I thought what what would have been best for the Terminator franchise um, is years ago, maybe 10. I might be stretching with 10, but maybe 10 years ago. Um, it should have been rebooted. Um, it, it, the story's starting to become the equivalent to the Skywalker um, story to where it's kind of just like more exists or, or more should exist. <laughs> just this. Um, so if this is good, it, it'll change my mind on that. And then if you want to do another one and another one and another one, I, I'm fine with that. But to me, I thought 10 years ago, have The Rock come in, have him be the new Terminator, um, just would have been the way to go. Just reboot it because you just weren't making yeah, new movies. I, at the time. Go ahead. I'm I can't. Sorry. I can't really disagree with you like a whole lot on that, um, especially with what we have gotten. Um, since then, like if after Rise of the Machines they had just gone, but the thing is that's kind of what they tried to do, um, albeit with keeping Arnold around. But that's the one thing I want to touch on is that is kind of the other thing that scares me a little bit about this movie. Um, 
is, you know, obviously Salvation was supposed to be the start of a new trilogy that didn't pan out. Genesis was supposed to be the start of a new trilogy that didn't pan out. And now this is reportedly, supposedly, uh, will set the foundation for a new trilogy unless it doesn't work out. And I'm like, dude, like, if this is going to follow up Terminator 2 – like, just let this be the last, like, coup de gras, or, or coup de gras is not the right, right word, the last hurrah, and right. like, let it be, um, like, let it be the bookend to the Linda Hamilton trilogy, and just, like, let's, let's call it a day, and then let it, let's let it sit for a while, and then see where we are in, like, five years. Yeah, I just, I, I, I kind of just think there's only but so much you can do, and the last straw was for you just to go back to Cameron and say, like, hey, man, write it. Like, <laughs> write it, <laughs> produce it, whatever you got to do. We'll bring in a, a really good director in Tim Miller, and we'll, we'll try to give give new life to this story. And, and hopefully that's what it does. If it ends here, great. If it doesn't, okay. Um, to me, it's just like, as long as it's good, I'm fine. Like, I'm, I never have issues with movies going on for too long, as long as they're good. I, I don't have any issues as long as they're good. When you start to hit a bad streak, like, like remember, it was Terminator 3. Then, you know, years passed. Then it was Salvation. Then years passed. Then it was Genesis. And it's like, those three are a bad stretch. Like, that's not a good stretch of, yeah. of Terminator movies. So it's like, if this Again, is bad also... I don't hate 3. I think 3 is a reason I don't hate 3. Movie, but I, I don't hate 3 I, I at do. all. It did not even come close to standing up to the first two. Like it was a right. big drop off from that, and then from there to Salvation was another big drop off, and then I think you know from there to Genesis it was about the same, about on par with Salvation. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely I agree with you that it's definitely gone down. That was the start of right. it really going down. Yeah. Right. So just kind of see what this does. Like I'm not going to overreact. Let's see what this does. If it's really good and warrants another one with the same cast, if, if everyone lives, then by all means do it. But I do want to point out the CGI on my boy Gabriel is not looking the best. You, you guys got to make sure that, that, <laughs> that gets fixed. I get it was just a trailer, and usually you fix it um, after the trailer, but yikes. Some of that CGI was just like, wow. You guys you guys let this like hit hit you know like screens for people to to look at that that was pretty bad um but tia i want to go to you um your thoughts on a new terminator trailer and have you been a fan of the last three terminators we've gotten with uh terminator 3 i think that was rise of the machines um salvation and then genesis or have you even seen any of those last three (laughs) <laughs> well, I was going to say, I haven't even seen those last three, so I can't really gotcha. comment on that. But I, I'm glad that you brought up the CGI thing, because that was going to be my number one takeaway from the trailer. It, and I've been kind of iffy about the look of this movie since they released that poster with Sarah Connor and the other two girls like a while ago. Everything just seems a little disproportionate which is what mainly bothers me. Like everyone's heads looks way too big. And I'm like, I don't think that's like how the actresses actually look. I think they're just like going in and editing too much, but whatever. What I 
also then took away from the trailer is I'm really happy that Gabriel Luna's in it. And while the CGI is questionable, I can't deny that that opening was really freaking cool with the nanotechnology and him just like getting to the front of the truck um, from well, while he was like in, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it properly. I thought that was just a really cool freaking scene. Um, I mean, it's like, this is the thing. Like, Sarah Connor definitely looks, like, badass, but also, like, a little bored sometimes. I don't know. It didn't, like, excite me that much. I was like, okay. I was like, Gabriel Luna looks cool, and I'm glad that they are bringing Sarah Connor back in this capacity. And obviously, we saw Arnold, and everyone's freaking out about that. Um but it'll be interesting to see where they're going with that one girl with the one blonde person. I think I read that she's supposed to be like a cyborg, so I'm not necessarily sure. But as far as trailers go, I don't necessarily share the same enthusiasm that Nick does, but maybe I could be wrong. I'm glad that uh, he, you know, is very excited for this movie, and it seems like you are as well, Juwan. But as far as, like, the CGI is just, like, throwing me so off with this movie. I just can't really, like, stand movies that come out with, like, really terrible CGI because we've seen how good it can be, and I'm like, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for you to put out a trailer with questionable CGI um, when this is what you want people to be excited about, especially when you've had movies that people really dislike, like Terminator Genesis. Yeah, just to offer, like, a quick explanation on the scene where he, like, um, you know, like, morphs through uh, to the front of the truck. Um, from what I have read, uh, essentially, this is the Rev-9 model, um, and it's, uh, like, the, the next evolution of Terminator beyond the T-800, which is what Arnold is, and the T-1000, um, which is uh, what Robert Patrick portrayed in, in Judgment Day. Um, and essentially, it is kind of supposed to be the best of both of those models, um, wherein it has like um, a frame, like an actual framework, um, but then it also has the nanotech, so it can separate, excuse me, separate into two different entities, or two different um, physical which is forms what you controlled saw by the during... same purpose. Yeah, which is what you saw right. in that scene, I think, and that was that was super badass. Yeah, and it seems like they're taking like they're kind of taking bits and pieces from the other, whether it be from the um, the Terminator in Rise of the Machines, uh, a little bit of the T one thousand. I think with this with this um, the uh, female character, there are cyborg character. You're getting some little aspects of. Um, of uh, salvation with, you know, essentially what um, Sam Worthington was in that. And then obviously you're getting some of that nanotech that we got. Um, so it, it seems like they're, they're utilizing a lot of the various pieces that we've seen in different formats, kind of putting them together in one movie. So it still feels still like has some connections and everything. Um, but like I said, it's just a different timeline. Um, because there are all these various timelines in any sort of time travel movie. Um, but hopefully, my hope is that we're going to get all of those the cooler elements from those movies, but with an actually good story, um, you know, to, to encompass them. Yeah, I just I I think like like we said before, I think if this is going to be 
um, one of possibly three of the last of this telling. Um, I was just picturing while you were talking how, how dope it would be. Like, let's say if they're only doing two, and then after the second one, that's it. Um, I think it'd be dope if it ended with, um, like, let's say Arnold's Terminator takes out whoever the Terminator is um, that he's fighting in that movie. Having whoever's supposed to replace him be the Terminator that destroys him. Like, we know, like, boom, he's he's gone. Like, the, the, the torch is being passed. Um, and then we usher in a new era of of the, uh, the Terminators. Um, I just, I... I I want this to be good. I, I, I'm not as enthused. Like, the trailer to me, I still don't really have a clear idea on exactly what the, the story is. Um, I haven't read up on it. I just was kind of hoping the trailer would kind of sort that out for me. Um, but I, I like Gabriel Luna. Um, I, I've become a huge fan of his from Ghost Rider. Um, so when I heard he was going to be in this, um, I was excited. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Some of the action sequences looked pretty cool. So I just hope it's a good movie. That that's that's my bottom line. Um, but all right, let's uh, let's move on to something a little less killingy uh, with Toy Story Four. Uh, we got another trailer from that. Um, one thing that's bothering me about Toy Story Four is that they're marketing it as this is the end, but they a hundred percent marketed the third one as the end. Um, so I don't know really what to believe. Like to me, the end means like what like is is one of the toys not not gonna make it like what what's the end to this like a bookmark to it um see i'm actually gonna start with you uh what are your thoughts on the latest toy story 4 trailer um and do you really think like this movie makes stupid money like i imagine it's going to do you really think they're gonna stop at four i think that um tim allen and tom hanks this is the end for them if they do then decide to continue with Toy Story, it might be with a different set of toys that we don't previously have. Because I'm pretty sure from what I've heard in interviews that the two of them, you know, this is their final farewell. They are confident in this. They have been promoting it as a tearful, uh, heartfelt farewell. So I think that if they do decide to continue, which is very possible, Hollywood loves making movies and what is more nostalgic than Toy Story. You're absolutely right that the third one definitely was marketed as the final one. I do still think that it should have been. You know, I think that if they want to continue the Toy Stories, then it should have been a reboot. The third one was fine. It bookended everything the way it was supposed to, but whatever. Um, it seems like they are pushing this uh, Toy Story 4 as more of like an action movie because that's what we're really into right now with the Marvel movies and the DC movies. You know, you got Bo Peep who looks like a badass um, and then obviously you're introduced to Keanu Reeves' character um, and they're having to go on this like extreme mission to save um, Bonnie, that's her name. Uh, to save Bonnie's uh, new favorite toy, Forky, who is probably having some sort of existential crisis, which is very common for Toy Story. You know, it's not just like a movie about toys, really. They do touch upon like really adult themes, and I think that seems like what they're probably going to do with that character. Um, so it just seems that the way that they are marketing Toy Story 4 
is certainly different than what we've seen in Toy Story 3. So they're certainly just kind of uh, integrating it in the times. But uh, to really kind of just comment on what you were asking, Joanne, I really think that if this does well, yeah, they're going to come out with another Toy Story, but it might in that case just be a spinoff or, hey, let's follow this other toy's um, uh, storyline and not even focus on Woody or Buzz because at this point I do I do truly think that uh, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen are done after this. And I don't think that uh, Hollywood is going to then essentially recast them because that may cause problems in on itself at if they do a Toy Story 5, it's going to be either a reboot or just a spin-off and going in another direction. I, I will say they, they've been saying how emotional um, this Toy Story 4 is, is going to end uh, end on. And the reason why I was saying at the beginning, um, you know, is, is it a toy that maybe doesn't make it, is 3 was really sad. Like, really, really, really I sad. I thought that they were all going to die in Toy Story right. 3. I, for, I forget how old I was at this point, but I definitely was in the theater with my boyfriend, and I was watching it, and I was like, are we going to watch all the toys die at this point? This is super dark. I mean, like, the right. first two, it's like, happy, da, 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 and then, like, the third one, oh, my God, they're all going to, like, melt right now. <laughs> right. That's why I'm like, it ended to where it's like, man, this is really sad, but, like, you know, I've enjoyed the time I've had with, with these characters so that's why when when they're like we're, we're making a fourth one and then they were hyping it to to be like this huge emotional roller coaster i'm like does woody get gutted or something like does <laughs> Buzz the head pop off like something has to happen that drastic to me i believe because there was nothing sadder than andy becoming too old to want to play with the oh. toys and like that was that heartbreaking. Me. <laughs> so to me, I'm like that. To me, is like the peak of what you could do about a movie about toys. Like the kid who owns it is too old to play with them. That that to me is like your peak. So if you're telling me you're looking to hit another peak, I'm assuming one of them has to like die. <laughs> I mean, Nick, am I crazy here? What were your thoughts on the trailer? And what do you think this huge emotional uh, ending is is, is going to kind of you know be around? I very much like the trailer. Um, probably my like favorite little spot in it was Forky being like, um, like I know Woody's gonna come and save me. I've known him my whole life, which is two days, but <laughs> it's like, dude, Woody's just like the most genuine toy ever. Like, uh, you know, if, if like he feels that way after like just basically knowing him for two days, but granted, his whole life. Um, <laughs> but uh but yeah, I, I loved that bit. I thought it was great. Um but yeah, I think uh I as far as just the trailer in general, I thought it was great. I thought it uh I thought it was a good final trailer. Um it gave us a little bit more, obviously introduced us to the evil Knievel esque uh Keanu Reeves character, which I thought was great. Um uh like I I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I like the fact that they're setting this, them up on this like this um, this mission to to you know essentially, uh, but I mean that's kind of like that's kind of in line with you know Toy Story two and then ha- them having to like find and save Woody. Um, I, I mean it seems to be kind of a theme of a, of a lot of the movies, um, but yeah, like it looks like 
uh, it, they just seem to get it as far as the Toy Story creators. Like, let's but like we know our format. Let's not stray too far off of it. But let's give them enough stuff that's new, enough new situational stuff, some new characters. They're just really good at it. So I have no doubt it's going to be a good movie. As far as any sort of emotional ending, um, who knows? I don't think you kill them. Um, like I don't think that's the way you go. Um, it, that would just surprise me. Uh, but maybe maybe you make it so that all like you know all of the um, that you put them in some Buzz and Woody in some situation where you know they have to essentially um, you know uh, basically not sacrifice themselves as far as like death, but sacrifice themselves as far as um, you know getting getting her favorite toy back to her because Woody knows. Um, what a favorite toy means to a kid. Um, and so maybe they end up, um, you know, staying in that, uh, what, whatever what that little like toy haven is where they are at that circus or whatever. Um, and maybe that's, and maybe that's the, the, the trade-off is, you know, that, that Buzz and Woody get to, um, it, well, I'll say kind of like this, like a uh, Game of Thrones spoiler, just blah, blah, blah me for like, you know, um, 15 seconds if, if you haven't seen the finale. Um, but, you know, we, we get a John and Tormund situation where, you know, they get to the, – the buddies get to live out their, their days um, up in the north. Um, maybe we get that with, like, Woody and Buzz where they have each other, but they don't have everybody else, and they don't have Bonnie anymore, um, and they have to be cool with that. Um, that could be an emotional situation that could bring those two characters' story to a close without, like, fucking killing them, Jawan, you evil bastard. I just I I'm sorry I to me the the peak of because if you think of it like you know the idea of what they are which is toys it's like the ultimate heartbreaking thing is you've built Andy we've seen him from a child we've seen him have these toys for years and now he's just too old to play with them like that to me was the height yeah, of emotional that you could get me no, no no right but what I'm saying is we've seen Bonnie in what two movies including this this new one will make the second one um i to me it's just kind of like all right if they do get left behind and separated from everyone to me the reason why that one affects me emotionally is because you essentially you essentially probably will be ending it um if you bring it back at some point cool but you're ending it so to me it's like that's it so it's not like oh we're going to see the team with someone new leading them like no 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 that's it so, all right, cool. That's a happy ending. To me, that's not emotional. Like, all right, everyone, everyone's good. Woody and Buzz are together. They're hanging out. Like, that's a good ending to me. That's not I think emotional. Like, I'm not going to cry at that. I, I guess, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see. We'll see. I'm just, I, I think the main issue I have is that you killed me with three, and then you're like, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to bring him back, and then we're going to kill you with four. And it's like, you took everything I had in three, but we'll, we'll see what I have left before. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, our last trailer, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This movie is just getting better and better. Um, just small little tidbit, anyone that's going to interview Quentin Tarantino going forward, um, try your best not to ask him any dumb questions like the person did <laughs> in uh, the festival that uh, they showed this movie at. And I don't mean dumb like you're stupid. I mean dumb like... What did you think his response was going to be to that? Like, just not not a smart question to ask the guy. 
Um, what was the question? Anyone, the question was, uh, she had asked him, you cast someone like Margot Robbie um, for the, an iconic role, like the role she's playing. Um, you know, why, why is it, again, I'm paraphrasing here, why is it you gave her such small um, speaking, uh, you know, speaking, like such a small speaking role? Like she obviously, she seemingly, she isn't like talking, I assume, that much in this movie. Um, and to me, it's kind of just like, well, I think her character is part of, um, who was that mass killer that, that's supposed to be in this movie? Uh, Charles, was it, was it Charles? Charles Manson? Charles Manson, thank you. Um, so it's like, all right, I think that story isn't a huge part of the movie. A huge part of the movie is Leo and Brad Pitt. So it's like, she probably has only a small role but he wanted to cast the one that he thought looked the role, uh, could fit the role. And to me, just because she doesn't have that many lines, doesn't mean it's a waste. I mean, I telling Joel last night, Gail, Gail only had like three speaking lines in BVS. <laughs> and then you followed that movie up with giving us her own, uh, her own solo movie. And I'm like, you didn't really sell us that much on her speaking because it was like three lines she said. Um, so I do remember me, that being a big thing with John Campia going into Wonder Woman, being like, "I don't know if she can, I don't know if she can carry a movie. We only saw a little bit of her, you know." So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, because to me, it wasn't the, it wasn't the right way to sell it. Um, but anyway, back back to the sure. topic at hand. Um, yeah, he got really pissy about it. I'm not going to repeat what he said. I'm sure he, he got did. really, really, really pissy about it. Um, but well, and again, he, when, when he he defined he defined her character as the heartbeat of the movie. So I, I mean, obviously we haven't seen it yet, so I can't say what, like why he felt like that was, that character was the heartbeat of the script. Um, I, I mean, who knows? Like we need to, we'll need to see it. But like, I, I watched part of that, uh, part of that, uh, cons festival interview. Um, and I do think that, you know, like that was, that was something that I think came directly from Margot Robbie as far as, um, you know, how, how Tarantino kind of explained to her, her what her role as Sharon Tate would be in the film. Um, so, you know, but, you know, I, I totally could understand why Tarantino would take offense to that, you know, because you're basically being like, why, like, why aren't you giving the, the female character, like, enough, like, time, like, uh, you know, and it's like, dude, it's just, it's just that's that I wrote a story, and these are the characters. And like, have you not seen Kill Bill volumes one and two? Have you not seen Death Proof? Like, I have stories where females are huge leads in the movie. This doesn't happen to be one of them, so I don't know. I'm I don't know what he said, but I would imagine it would be somewhere along those lines. Yeah, so her exact question was, <clears throat> from New York Times, her exact question was, um, why Margot Robbie wasn't given more to say or do in the latest in his latest film? And, and again, I don't want to dig too deep into to what he said, but I wanted to bring it up mainly because it's like, that's not the question you, you ask him. Like, that is just, it, yeah. it's not. You flavor it differently. You flavor it to where you're like, hey, were there any, were there more cuts? of Margot Robbie in this movie that you essentially took out because, like, you thought maybe it was too much or maybe not necessary. That's how you ask that question with getting the answer you want rather than, like, yo, give her more. And it's like he's not going to answer, like, respectfully when you do that. But anyway, sure. um, 
yes, once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, Nick, I'm actually going to start with you. Um, your thoughts on the trailer, on the newest trailer? Yes, on, on the resident Quentin Tarantino superfan of this group, um, I am super fucking hyped. Um, I thought the teaser trailer was um, was good, but I didn't, you know, we just didn't get a lot from it. With this first official trailer, we really got a lot from this. We're really kind of seeing how the story potentially pans out. Um, like, I mean, we we definitely got a lot as far as um, the relationship between uh, Brad Pitt's character and Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Um, how they kind of take these uh, divergent paths um, at, at some point within the movie. Um, it seems to be setting up that um, Leonardo DiCaprio is like a neighbor of Sharon Tate, and that um, uh, that uh, um, Brad Pitt is like at least not maybe not a member of the Manson cult, but is. Um, it, it, it like lives kind of near them. Um, so it, it's basically taking our two main characters and putting them at you know differing points of this grand event that we know is being built towards. Um, so it adds a lot of suspense, and that is something that Tarantino is just famously fucking brilliant at. Um, he's he's great, um, and and I heard him say this in a. I want to say it was um, a uh, commentary on a movie. Um, may have been Reservoir Dogs. Um, may have been True Romance. I can't remember. Um, but like one of the things that he loves to do is to uh, essentially set it up so that the audience knows things that the characters don't know the, at times. The characters know things that the audience doesn't know at times. Um, and and. Basically, th- those are two differing dimensions that you can really sink your teeth into and fuck with your audience with um, because obviously in this case, this would be something that the audience knows that the characters do not, and it's just your the suspense is killing you with like how do we – like how do things how, – how does it all resolve? How do we um, – like what happens to our main characters here? Um, how do they fit within this this story? Um, he's great at that, and they really kind of set that up for me um, in this particular trailer. Uh, so, I, man, I'm just super hyped. I'm wondering how like it seems like this movie is going to take place over uh, like a few years, um, like starting off, um, you know, maybe kind of in the late 50s or early 60s near the tail end. The, the the dying end of the the western craze um you know in in uh in um hollywood um and then kind of uh coming back uh you know to to the late 60s and obviously the the Sharon Tate murders um so yeah i mean it's, it's dude it's, i'm super fucking hyped uh, the the cinematography as always is looks amazing looks to really kind of capture that late 60s feel, um, so I, I, I'm super pumped about that. Uh, Margot Robbie looks like just amazing as Sharon Tate. Like I could not have possibly thought of a better actress uh, to p- portray Sharon Tate. Um, I, I, I am curious as to what like um, like how 
how all of these characters are going to interconnect and interact because that is the um, that is the true beauty of sitting and watching a Tarantino movie. Um, so I, I just look forward to that. Um, but yeah, I loved this trailer. I thought it hit um, pretty much everything that I wanted it to, to, to give me as far as just little tastes of the story um, and, you know, without giving away too much at all. Um, and, you know, I've got a feeling this could be, you know, I mean, obviously I think to this point, Tarantino's best movie was probably *Inglorious Bastards*. I think this may possibly take the cake when it's all said and done. Um, but yeah, just super fucking hyped. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I especially loved at the end of the trailer where uh, <laughs> Leo froze on set and then started mocking himself. Like Leo right. is just so freaking talented. God, there's nothing yeah. that man can't do. Um, but yeah, I. I <laughs> I'm so ready for this movie. Um, and huge shouts out to to Brad Pitt. This is gonna sound like a weird acknowledgement, but looks really good. Um, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't expect Brad Pitt to. Well, let me not say that. I, I don't know what I was expecting Brad Pitt to to look like. <laughs> um, but he looks really good, really, really, really good. And and again, I can't wait to see more from Mike Mo. Uh, on him playing um Bruce Lee. Uh, there's just so much of this movie that you kind of just go, man. Tarantino can't quit after like ten movies. Like he definitely has to give us like ten more, just ten more. Um, I wouldn't say that, but I I Nick, would be down. Come for, on, you don't want ten more the, Quentin Tarantino movies? I want him to do as many movies as he wants to do. Oh come on, no, no, I need ten more. Hey, no, you yeah. don't. Like let let the man do as many movies as he wants to do. I think he'll do more than ten. I don't think. I don't think he'll do 10 more. I don't think he'll do 20 total movies. He just doesn't operate like that. Like even if you look at like the the time in between Jackie Brown and the and the first Kill Bill, that's like a like a I want to say four or five year period. Like he takes his time with his movies. That's like one thing that he does and I don't think he'll call it quits at 10. Maybe he will. Um but uh but I I mean I I definitely I I mean personally I I I want him to make the amount of movies that he wants to make because I don't want him to be in a position where he's not happy doing what he's doing because that will translate to the screen. Um, and That's he's true. got he's got an unblemished record in my opinion. He's never made a bad movie, and there's not very yeah. many directors out there who can say that. No, I, I'm I'm with you, but I will say the one thing that I have in my favor is that um, if if he indeed is is looking to only make let's say uh 10 to maybe 12 movies and then he's done yeah um we do have the advantage of a studio that if all of these 12 are as great as we know quentin tarantino to be um some studio is gonna be like yo we need like a new fresh movie who can we get oh let me (laughs) let me go to quentin tarantino's house with like eight brinks trucks and see what he says it probably <laughs> he'll he'll come out of retirement within like ten years of of being retired, um, and yeah. cook up something no, I great. Think, I think you're right about that. Yeah, because so that is an advantage. Writing. A writer never stops writing, and that's you know, that's just the way it is. Which is beautiful. Um, but Tia, but, <laughs> we didn't go to you. Sorry, Quentin Tarantino is one of the the things me and Nick a hundred percent agree on. So we'll gush over like any chance we get. 
Um, but your thoughts on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer? Well, I have to say, I fucking love Quentin Tarantino uh, from Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained. I even love The Hateful Eight. I didn't realize that was a movie that people like didn't necessarily like until I don't know. I got on the internet. I don't know. I really like the movie. So uh, from Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, the man really can do no wrong. And I love the fact that he takes like real life ad- events, like he did in Inglorious Bastards, and kind of just makes his own with it. Uh, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio are are amazing actors. I absolutely love the trailer. But the one thing that really stood out to me um, was the guy who's playing Marilyn Manson. Uh, We didn't see him a whole lot, but the little bits that we did see, and I don't know the actor's name. I feel like Kanan would because he was in Justified and Kanan loves that show. Um, But he, the actor is perfect for that role and it's so unnerving we see that one moment where he's like waving a little and i feel like what we're seeing in the trailers isn't even the surface of what we're going to see in the movies the fact that they decided to put those little bits in there with marilyn manson i feel like the first half of the movie is going to focus on one thing and it is going to charles manson what did I say? Did I say Marilyn Manson? Your, your brain said Marilyn twice. Oh, my like, God. Uh, let it go the first time. I had to correct you for the second one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I need, like, oh, more good. coffee for this morning. Charles Manson. <laughs> Um, The guy who plays Charles Manson was so unnerving in this trailer that I got scared watching the freaking trailer because I feel that the first half of the movie is going to be one way and we're going to segue into, unfortunately, the Sharon Tate murders. Um, That's just how I feel like it. We may not be getting a lot of Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate in the trailers, but I really think that we could be seeing more of her in the actual movie. I don't think that Quentin Tarantino just decided to throw these characters in there just to make you uh, realize what time period he's in. I think that he's going to transition at some point into telling that story. And it's going to be really bloody and really horrific. Um, And it, you know, this whole movie is just going to be shocking. It's going to be uh, quintessential Quentin Tarantino. And I really think that we're just all going to be blown away. What we're talking about now, we're just going to come back after watching the movie and be like, holy fucking shit, what did we all just watch? Because he, like, just blew it out of the fucking water. Yeah, yeah and I think, too... Oh, I think, too, like one of the, the fascinating things, uh, one of the questions, one of the good questions that he was asked at, uh, at Khan um, was that uh, like why he thinks there's such a fascination behind Charles Manson and behind, um, you know, what, what the, the cult of personality that he had and, and the cult that he built. Um, and, you know, his answer was essentially, um, I, I think the reason that, it's so fascinating to us in general is because the more you you read about it, the more you you learn about it, the less it makes sense. And anytime that's the case, that like you the the, the farther like the deeper you go into learning and into uncovering things, 
the less it makes sense, it makes it all the more fascinating. Um, because if it's something where, you know, you 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 have mild interests or whatever, and you and you go, you delve a little deeper, and you like figure it out, and everything makes sense. You're like, oh, okay, well, I figured that out. Um, but like, if you like start digging and and you go and try to figure out what was going on in his head, what was going on in his follower's head, how was he able to make this, um, to to build this persona? What led him to build this persona? What led all of these people to follow him? And and still none of it fucking really makes sense. That is something that is even more fascinating, and I am very intrigued as to how Tarantino approaches that um, within the context of this film. Yeah, uh, again, this is this is gonna be so much fun. This movie uh, when it when it drops, um, I, I can't wait. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but all right, let's move on. Uh, to our main topics, we got a lot to break down, so let's get right into it. Um, Christopher Nolan's Tenet to be released July 17th, 2020, and is being called a action epic and or globe-trotting uh, adventure to be filmed in seven different parts of the world. And also, excuse me, we got the full cast here. We got John David Washington from Black Klansman will lead an ensemble uh, cast, including Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth, uh, can't pronounce her last name. Um, (laughs) I'm not even going to try. When I was reading it earlier. (laughs) Debicki? I'll say Debicki. Debicki is what it looks like. That's what it looks like. I'm not sure if it's that or Debicki, but I I would would say Debicki. Yeah. Debicki. Along with um, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Kenneth uh, Branagh, Dimple... These names are ho- come on, Dimple. I say Dimple, <laughs> Clement. You can stop and, now. We we've got the big names. <laughs> well, no, we forgot one who finds his way okay. in almost every uh, Christopher oh, Nolan Mr. movie. Sir Michael Caine, I should say. Absolutely, the great Michael Caine. So this <laughs> cast is rounding out to be great. Also, this movie is scheduled to come out the same uh, around the same week as Bob's Burgers, the movie Ghostbusters Three, The Purge Five in a week before Disney's Jungle Cruise that's starring um, Elizabeth, uh, Emily Blunt and uh, The Rock. So it, it's going to have a pretty packed, um, I, I won't say competition, um, mainly yeah. because I think... <laughs> there ain't no competition think, for the Christopher Nolan I think, um, <laughs> well, no, the main reason why I say that is Christopher Nolan makes movies specific. Um, so it's like people who see those other movies um, may or may not be the same people that go see. Like I, I know the the biggest thing Very true. was uh, a lot of people. His last movie, I can't remember the the name of it. Um, not a lot of people were rushing to go see Dunkirk. that movie. It very much was a word of mouth. Like yo, if you don't mind, just you know the the length of it. It's a really good movie. Um, I think more people that are into film, not just into the idea of movies, um, which a Ghostbusters would be. I think a Film is what Nolan uh, usually makes. Um, I don't see today's society being that drawn to film. Um, so hopefully this is something that has enough name power that get people like, excuse me, um, I want to see this. Like it's so many great names uh, that are a part of this. It's the same kind of feel that I got from Inception. Like before I saw the trailer, 
It was just like, once you told me Leonardo DiCaprio, I was like, say nothing else. Like, don't say anything else. You got me. Like, I'm sold. I'm buying my ticket now. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then Nick, they said Tom start... Hardy and Ellen Page and everybody else, and you were just Gordon Levitt, and you were like, no, 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 you, you didn't even have to tell me any of that. Like, <laughs> like you, me. you didn't even, <laughs> at that point, you didn't even have to tell me the director. You told me Leah. That's all you needed to tell me. Um, I was sold. Like, stop talking, <laughs> Nick. Uh, unfortunately, this movie does not have Leonardo DiCaprio, but your as thoughts on this movie. Uh, yeah, as of yet, but your thoughts on this movie <laughs> and the idea of it being called an action epic or globetrotting adventure that's being filmed in seven different parts of the world. Oh, dude, I'm super fucking pumped. Uh, Christopher Nolan is a director uh, in, in the same um, class of Tarantino, who's also never made a bad film. Um, all of his movies are fantastic. Um like I would say probably his maybe least fantastic movie is uh Insomnia. Um and even that is like really fucking good. If you've never seen it, I highly encourage anyone to go check it out. Al Pacino, Robin Williams, I think Hilary Swank. Um, really fucking good movie. Um but uh, uh or 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 following um is another one, black and white, it was his first movie. Um it, it's also really good. Um, but yeah, I've seen all of his movies. I, I love Christopher Nolan. Um, I mean, this basically to me sounds like um, Christopher Nolan uh, is like, you know what? Like, I could do a James Bond movie, or I could just make my own James Bond movie and actually make the movie I want to make that would be way cooler than any James Bond movie, <laughs> and or just <laughs> I, I guess maybe not way cooler, but way better. Um, and, like, that's the kind of vibe that I got from this description is that, like, an espionage film takes place in, like, all these different locations. Um, it, it definitely has that feel to me. Um, but with, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan's craft and technique and, and style and everything else, which is very, very different from, you know, even, even your probably more serious adapt Daniel Craig adaptations of Bond. Um, so... I'm super excited. I think this is going to be amazing. I love like all of the information we got, all of the casting. Um, you know, hopefully the you know the people who um, are hating on Robert Pattinson as Batman get a chance to see this movie, and they're like, "Wow, that Robert Pattinson man, he's really good." Like, I, I'm not so terrified of going to be a Batman anymore because um, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, you know, they probably haven't seen a lot of his later stuff uh, that maybe doesn't have this sort of name recognition of a director or writer or whatever um, that, that Nolan brings. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm super pumped. The cast looks great. The, the, the like, preliminary, um, I don't want to say, like, uh, plot, because it's not really a plot, but, um, but like, the, the, the background of what we're going to get, the kind of movie we're going to get. Um, sounds amazing, and I'm just – I'm super pumped. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And it's it's like, to me, Christopher Nolan did something completely different with Inception. Uh, I thought he did something completely different with Memento. Um, he always finds a way to move the needle forward, um, whether that's in his way of filming things, his way of writing or directing um, so the fact that he's doing an action movie, like a pure 
action movie. Um, something he hasn't necessarily done. I don't necessarily just classify uh, the Batman saga as just an action movie. Um, it'll just be interesting because none of his films feel the same. I think we can all agree they never feel the same. Um, so they what he don't, gives but us, they do. You know what I mean? I like mean, they, they yeah, they don't in the sense of he um, and like Tarantino, he's he's always doing trying something new. Um, and, 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 you know, giving us something that, that is, is, is his take on it. It's a very defined take, um, and it's very, like, we know it's going to be high quality, um, but because each, each subject that they want to tackle is so different, um, so we get the feel that, you know, it's their movie, but we, you know, we get to experience something completely different because of the subject material that they're tackling. Right, yeah, because what I meant by that was you never have anyone that goes, man, didn't I just see a movie of theirs that was just like this? Like, you never get that feel. It always feels no. like it's a new story. It's a new feeling. Um, even Absolutely. with Quentin Tarantino, it's the, you kind of get the, the feeling a, a bit. It's somewhat the same. Um, it just always feel, feels different. Um, so, I mean, you know, hats off to, to both of them. But, um, Tia, your thoughts on um, The Tenant? Uh, what's it, what it's being described as, which which is an action epic or globe-trotting adventure. Um, your thoughts on that? And also, I don't know if I've ever had this conversation with you. How much of a fan of Christopher Nolan are you? So like Quentin Tarantino, Christopher Nolan is one of those directors that I don't need to really know anything else. I'm going to watch his movies. I loved Memento. I loved um, and I even, I loved Inception. You know how I feel about the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, I, just, I really like Christopher Nolan. I think that he's an insanely talented director. And when he comes out with something, he takes his time. He really just constructs this really masterful uh, film. So if you tell me that he's coming out and he's making this kind of movie and it obviously uh, sounds different than the movies that he's done in the past, but we know that it's going to have that kind of like mind-bending uh aspect to it I'm sold I really am he picks the greatest cast he has amazing visuals I just think he's an insanely talented director he is one of those again like Quentin Tarantino that I trust I hear his name and I'm like it's gonna be a good movie if he doesn't come out with a good movie it would be shocking to me so I absolutely love Christopher Nolan the plot of the movie sounds really fun it sounds really great I think that I don't know. I'm just going to really freaking enjoy it. Um, oh, and another one of his, Dunkirk. Loved Dunkirk. So he just takes every single thing that he does and makes just this insanely good film. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm super pumped for this. You know what I'm, what I'm kind of picturing in my head mm. is something of the, in the vein of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy with, like more, with probably more action. Um, something in that in that realm of of um, like espionage and multiple characters and intertwining and everything else, um, and that to me just gets me super fucking excited. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something like I said that moves the needle forward, um, and you'll see a lot of people adapt um, 
from what he does with action films, you'll kind of see people kind of go, I, I want to try a little bit of that. Because um, it's always such a big box office feel with Christopher Nolan. So you're definitely going to get a lot of people that clamor to try to do it. Whatever revolutionary thing he's about to try to do with this movie. Uh, but I think we all can agree that we're just hyped for it. We're ready for it. Just tell us the, to down watch. Go ahead, Tim. I have... I have to point out really quickly, just like the Nolan brothers in general, because we always talk about Christopher Nolan, which obviously we should, he deserves it. But his brother, Jonathan Nolan, uh, is behind HBO's Westworld, um, which to me is one of my favorite uh, shows right now on TV. Oh, that season three trailer got me. Oh, that was so good. I would like season two. Some, I, some people didn't like it, and I understand it was an absolute mind fuck, and it was confusing. I still probably don't know what the hell happened. But, yeah, to me, I was like, this is so awesome. So, like, if you're a fan of Christopher Nolan, you have to also check out Jonathan Nolan's uh, work because apparently that, like, whole mind fuck premise just runs in the family. So I just wanted to, like, throw yeah. that out there really quickly. Yeah, and, and I would I would uh, throw Noah Hawley into that group because what he's done with Legion I think is yeah. is in the same vein as that mind fuck that you're talking about, and it's all just I, I'm here for it, all of it. Like after all I, these years, I still don't properly know what happened at the end of Inception. Like I still no, don't that's like. The point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Gave up a lot of nights to uh to drinking because of that movie, but uh but all right, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> let's head into. Um, it was announced a few days ago that we were going to get a John Wick four for May twenty twenty one. Now we saw quite a few people, Tia. We experienced stress unlike any other people in this world when it comes to Twitter. Um, a lot of people saying that this news was spoilerish. Um, and for that, I say, bit. I'll How's say, spoilers? I don't understand that. <laughs> well, the reason why it's not a spoiler is because the news John came Wick. from the studio. Like it wasn't, it wasn't well, rumors, still, it, it wasn't a scoop. But here's why it's not a spoiler. You because can wait we have two weeks no idea. this news. We have no idea what John Wick Four is. Like it could be a prequel. That ties into um, the John Wick story. I'm just saying, we, we don't know. And, and the reason why, to me, it, it's not a spoiler uh, necessarily is because, like, to me, when a lot of people are like, no, no, it's a spoiler. I'm like, did you walk into seeing John Wick 3 thinking, like, this movie is going to end with him dying? Is that why you think this might be a spoiler? Because to me, it's yeah, like, totally I would have... I would have never thought that when they said this was going to be a bookend um, and then they were going to develop series. I'm like, well, don't kill him because you could easily work him back in, whether it's to the series, whether it's to like a future movie. I know a lot of people are saying Holly Berry was so awesome. She should have her own spinoff. I'm kind of like, you just don't don't kill off your moneymaker. So I'm more curious as to did the directors want that route or did the studio originally tell them, like, no, 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 I know you said this is going to be a bookend, but open the book, like, write more chapters. <laughs> um, so that's the reason why I didn't really think it was a spoiler, because I never went into, again, I haven't seen John John Wick 3, so don't worry about me possibly dropping spoilers. I haven't seen the movie. Um, I never thought I was walking into it thinking he was going to die. 
So that's why this news was just like, oh, great, like, perfect. I never really thought it was going to be the end of, of John Wick. Um, but, Tia, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, we got an enormous headache from the arguments that this caused. Um, but what are your <laughs> thoughts on a John Wick 4, and have you seen John Wick 3 yet? I haven't seen John Wick 3 yet. Actually, it's funny. My parents went to go see it last night. I didn't even know that they were going to. My mom texted me, and she's like, at the movies right now. And I'm like, well, what are you seeing? She's like, John Wick 3. I'm like, oh, cool. She's going to go see it before I do. Um, But it it doesn't surprise me. People love the John Wick series. It's like The Punisher just with Keanu Reeves. And people – this is – for years, all I've heard – people say like you gotta watch the John Wicks uh, movies they're fucking amazing and clearly it did so well in the box office and as we mentioned earlier in the show Hollywood is not going to stray away from a chance to make money they're gonna keep developing it they see that it's a successful franchise they see how well Keanu Reeves is received no one really is saying from like the third one it's getting tiresome, you know, enough is enough. I have not heard that at all. So why wouldn't they make a fourth one? And if Keanu Reeves is on board with it, great. Who cares? Um, I don't find that to be a spoiler because if you haven't seen the movie and you just heard that it's announced, all you know is that another movie is coming out. So that doesn't really make sense to me. Then you could say, I don't know, the fact that they're planning to do another freaking Jurassic World was a spoiler. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's like if they're planning out multiple movies, to me that just doesn't seem like a spoiler. So, you know, people just like to get mad for no freaking reason anymore. Well, I will say, I will say, I partly do blame the director um, because he made it sound like John Wick 3 was, like, going to be it for the character. Now, whether that was, Regardless if he lived or died, it was just that was it they were going to do with, with making the movie. So I put a little blame on him. Uh, but it just, it, 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 the reason why I say it confused me was because I didn't know this many people were going to walk into John Wick 3 thinking he was going to die. Like, I was shocked. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, I never thought that. That's why it never clicked in my head that that could possibly be a spoiler. Um, so it was just, when they said that, I was just like, really spoiled it for you still go see the movie like i'm sure this announcement does nothing it takes nothing away from the movie but nick you thinking that it is a bit of a spoiler i'm curious to hear your thoughts um not only on the news but like if you haven't seen john wick 3 yet does this news kind of affect you a little bit walking into it uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I I just felt like I was like, dude, couldn't you wait like two weeks? You didn't have to drop the news right after the release of the movie. Like, but I'm always kind of that person who's like, you know, like it, it, the fact that I I was probably one of the few people who really enjoyed the fact that we didn't have all of the next slate of Marvel movies um, coming out. And I think, you know, Maybe this could be a Black Widow situation, um, but it, it, I doubt it. I don't – I feel like to me it definitely makes me more so feel like, oh, okay, well, they're, they're, they're probably going to you know, not, not kill him off. Um, like you said, maybe they will. Maybe, I mean maybe um, – because, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Um, so may, maybe they will. Um, I mean there's still that possibility. It doesn't completely take away that possibility. Um, but to me, it's like, 
for for a character like John Wick, it's like I don't I I don't know how y'all feel, but I wouldn't I don't feel like we need to go backwards. I mean, I feel like like I don't need to see John Wick before the first John Wick. Um so in that sense, you know, I I feel like it probably will be a continuation um, you know, from wherever the third third piece leads off. Um and I felt like the possibility of them killing him off, um, you know, could be a bookend of sorts. Um, mainly because it felt like that would that would be the most quintessential bookend, if you will. Um, and just because they did that doesn't mean any of the the series, whether it be the Continental or anything else they want to do, um, wouldn't necessarily uh, not include him, even though he would be a small part in them um but i mean we don't know when the continental is going to take place i mean it could take place during um you know the timeline of the john wick movies it probably in my best estimate will take place before the john wick movies because it's obviously been around a long time um so yeah you could totally see john wick popping up um in and out of there and use that as some kind of connected connective tissue to tie it into um that universe um but yeah, I mean, it, I just feel like you could have waited a couple weeks. Like, uh, it, I guess is my biggest thing. Like, if you hadn't announced it before the movie was made, um, like you could have just waited and let people, you know, let the first like couple weekends of box office um, go by before you know you you announced it. But as far as the announcement. Um, I've kind of been on the record that I wasn't a huge fan of the first John Wick, but I absolutely loved the second one. Um, and, you know, I totally think that, you know, this third one looks super badass. I'm very excited for it. Um, I'm not going to get a chance to go see it this weekend, but I, I hope to go see it next weekend. Um, and uh, I'm very excited to see how it ends up, what it sets up, and where it ends up going from there. And, you know, hopefully um, it, it, it feels like a, 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 a genuine – like it feels like there's some way to continue the story without it being forced or anything. Um, but, yeah, I mean I think, I think that I, I would say Keanu Reeves um, genuinely enjoys these movies. Uh, he enjoys the stunt aspects of it all. Um, He's got a character that a lot of people um, find endearing, and they want to see continued. Um, and I, I think that, you know, because of all that, I think he enjoys making these movies. Uh, I, I think it just makes sense. I think it makes sense to, to keep going with it. Um, like there's the way that they set up uh, two to three, um, just like really amped up the levels. I think. It, for me, you almost kind of have to bring it back down. Um, like you, it's it, I, like I said, I haven't seen three, so I don't I don't know where 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 it ends or where it goes. But it doesn't seem like you can get any bigger than that, or that like feasibly bigger than that. Like I don't want to see it go in the realm of the Fast and Furious movies, where it just keeps trying to go bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like, dude, no, just let's let's you 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 did the perfect trilogy where you went. Very small, and then you went a little bigger, and then you went really big, and now let's bring it back down um, and maybe kind of build towards that again. 
Um, like that's more the way to go for me as far as the way that I would prefer construction of trilogies and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm excited that they're going to make a new one. I can't wait to see this new one. Um, and I'm excited for the continental. I think that's a great premise. Now what they do with that premise, uh, you know, uh, you know, as someone who dabbles in writing, um, you know, the biggest thing about writing is, you know, a premise or, um, an idea. It, it means nothing. It's like, you could have the worst idea, but you write a good story around it and it becomes something amazing. You could have the absolute best idea, but you can't construct a story around it and it's nothing. So the continent, continental idea for a television show is a great idea, but they got to develop a good story around it. I think they probably will. Um, I think stars, uh, like knows the kind of lightning in a bottle that they have right now, and they don't want to waste that, um, especially because um, you know they're kind of third on that pecking order of premium television uh, series uh, shows. Uh, it, you know, obviously HBO being first, Showtime being second, and I think Stars being third. Um, so you know they they definitely want to capitalize on it. So I think they're going to invest all of the proper resources into it. But uh, but yeah, I, I I'm excited. Uh, I do still contend that it's a, a little spoilerish. Um, at, at the very least, I I would rather go into it not knowing there was going to be a fourth one before I get a chance to see the third one. Like let it breathe for a couple weekends, and then announce it. You know, sometime in that after the week after the the second weekend that it's been out there. Um, it just makes more sense to me. All right, let's uh, let's move on. <clears throat> Marvel deciding on what to do with Deadpool may give him a show, his third movie, or there's been rumors they could add him to Spider-Man 3. Now, all of this sounds good. Um, to me, personally, I, I want a third movie, make a third movie, um, premise it off of him realizing that he's being, um, you know... Uh, Sent over to Disney from Fox. Um, make it a comedy. And tie it make into it funny. the snap. Yeah, tie it into the snap. Make it funny. Make it uh, make it enjoyable. Um, you don't really have to have like a clear cut villain for it. Spider Man three for. You're cutting in and out, Joanne. Two movies. Say it again. You're cutting in and out. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, Spider-Man 3 for me doesn't really work because the first two you've set up for the third movie to essentially be Sinister Six um, or loosely based off Sinister Six. Um, right. So, no. I, I never liked the idea of Spider-Man having... I love the idea of Spider-Man facing Joe, all of his foes. Huh? We lost you a little there. Yeah, oh, sorry. Same. Sorry, can can you hear me now? I don't know what's going on. Yes. All right. Um, let me just pass it then. <laughs> this isn't working. Um, Tia, your thoughts? Um, would you rather Deadpool have a series on Disney Plus, his third movie, or seeing him in Spider Man Three? Oh, I definitely want to have Deadpool have his third movie. I think that you know, if Disney is sitting there saying that they're going to keep uh 
Deadpool the way that he was, you have to give us a third movie because then you can give him the freedom to be how he is. Uh, Deadpool is not going to be the R-rated Merc with the mouth that we have been so accustomed to with Ryan Reynolds portraying him. If you put him in the Spider-Man movie, maybe a cameo just to kind of introduce like, hey, now Deadpool exists in this universe, which would kind of be hilarious because then we know that uh, Deadpool would obviously point that out at some point. And I also don't want him to have a show on Disney Plus because the same reason it's going to be watered down. If you give Deadpool his own show, put it on Hulu, just like you're doing with Ghost Rider and Hellstrom, you can do that. You can be a little more adult. I really don't want to see Deadpool watered down. Of course, I want to see him uh, present in the MCU in some sort of capacity just to kind of acknowledge this whole merger pretty much. But I don't think having him really in a Spider-Man movie would necessarily make sense. I think that um, if anything, you know, I love Tom Holland. I love him as Spider-Man, but I can already tell that in the, in Far From Home, the focus is going to be taken off him a little and put on Jake Gyllenhaal. Personally, I don't really mind that just because I love Jake Gyllenhaal and what they're doing with Mysterio right now. But especially if you put someone as big as as Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool in with Spider-Man, I think that it's going to overshadow Tom Holland a little. So I don't think that would be necessarily the best idea I'm not sure where Deadpool could fit in in um, a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, but I definitely want a third one. So before you do anything, just develop that third one and bring back Zazie Beetz as Domino and Josh Brolin as Cable because it would be the funniest thing for Deadpool to make just some more Thanos jokes. So that's what I'm hoping for. I just really want to see a third Deadpool I could almost guarantee that if um, we get a third Deadpool movie, they probably won't go with the um, current continuity that was built. Um, I could see them completely going a different route. Um, I'd really love to see him, uh, uh, him and Mr. Sinister square off. Um, kind of would rather Mr. Sinister pop up in an X-Men movie, but, you know, I don't live in a perfect world. Um, but Nick, what are your thoughts? What would you rather, Disney Plus? Deadpool 3 or Spider-Man 3 to see Deadpool uh, make his first MCU appearance? Um, You know, I, I agree with Tia. I, I want first and foremost Deadpool 3. I love your idea of like tying it into the snap and being that kind of being the way that you merge these universes since we all expect them to reboot the X-Men. We expect them to, to reboot the Fantastic Four. None of the prior things at Fox are going to be used. Um, so like just having like just something like you, I think you can develop a Deadpool three movie that, that utilizes those aspects of the snap, like essentially um, breaking open uh, these parallel universes or these, these the, the, the um, multiple universes thing. Uh, and I, I think Spider-Man is potentially already setting that up um, with the, the last trailer that we saw, and we talked about that, uh, I believe, last week, Jawan. Um, and I think that like that could be a great way to introduce him, to, to introduce the Fox 
uh, to bring you know the Fox characters into things. Um, that's what I would like to see. Um, and then where you go from there, like I don't like I, I would I would definitely have it, it, it Deadpool's um, interactions with the actual MCU characters be at a minimum. Um, but I could see. Um, I could see them interacting. I just wouldn't necessarily – I wouldn't want to put him in a box where his character is, is like, set up not to, you know, succeed, if you will. Um, but, like, having him have some small cameos along the way I think could be interesting. Um, I, I wouldn't mind him cameoing in a Spider-Man movie. I wouldn't want him to be, like, a big part of a Spider-Man movie. Again, like um, – uh, Tia said, "Like it, it just—I don't think it would work necessarily um, for for multiple reasons, and she mentioned some of them. Uh, I personally like the idea of them doing Deadpool too. If you want to have him be like a cameo in any particular movie, whether it be you know a, like a a cameo with a you know post credit scene where he shows up, you know, at Avengers HQ." Um, at the end of like you know the third Spider-Man movie, and you know he's like, hey, I'm here to try out for the Avengers. Like I tried out for, you know, X-Men wanted to recruit me, but they're a bunch of assholes, you know. And just like have that be like a thing where they're like, all right, yeah, we'll let you know, buddy. Um, like that would be uh, that could you know have have some some humor to it um, and, and some connective tissue. Um, but you know, ostensibly, I would rather Deadpool. Um, kind of exist on his own. He can be in that universe, but like have the movies exist on their own. Have a third movie, and then maybe have that lead into um, like an X Force Hulu series um, or an X Force trilogy um, that they could, you know, they could continue on that character with these other characters that they built um, and and some new characters. I that would be the route that I would take. Um, I don't think I would ever have too much of him bleeding over into um, the existing MCU movies. Um, but, you know, I mean, a cameo here or there would be great. Like, I mean, I, I would genuinely like that. Um, so I think it's just a balance. Um, it's a balance of how you do this character, um, where he can fit in other MCU uh, properties, which, like I said, I, I feel like is, is cameo level. Um, and then, uh, you know, where you take it, um, you know, if you want to do an X-Force either trilogy or Hulu series or whatever, um, like where do you take the character from there? Um, like I totally think like – and, you know, they're already doing um, – uh, shit, what's that cartoon they're doing, Jawan? The Offenders? Uh, yeah, the with, like, Howard the Duck and everything, and that's going to be a cartoon I believe. Um I like see. I totally think, um, you know, if, if they wanted to just rope in Deadpool into that, um, and and like have that be, you know, quote unquote part of the MCU, um, just not necessarily directly connected. Um, I'd even be down for that, but I do want a third Deadpool movie. Like I want, I want that at least. Um, and then after that, there's any a bunch of different roads you can take. Um, but I think, I think the general. I hope that Disney understands that the general public absolutely love Ryan Reynolds' version of this character. 
Um, and that's what we want. And don't bastardize it to make it fit somewhere that it shouldn't. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, uh, I don't necessarily need it to, um, like, I don't, I don't, I don't need like a whole X-Force trilogy afterwards, though I would love it. Like if you want to just do a Deadpool three and then have him show up in the second or third season of the offenders, just as his own character, just in cartoon form. And like, that's the thing. He could even comment on it. Like, just be like, what the fuck? They made me into a cartoon now. Well, okay. Like. I guess I guess we'll run with this. Like, there's a lot that they can do with this character. I just don't want them to like not do anything with this character or bastardize it. No, I think the fact that Bob Iger hasn't trashed it or recasted him um, mm-hmm. shows that they obviously want to keep the same uh, magic that um, that Ryan created with the the first one. So I don't think they're yeah. going to. The fact that a Deadpool three is even on the table shows you that they don't want to strip him down either. Um, they know what works. They know what about him works. Um, now, where the stripping down comes in is when you incorporate him into an Avengers film or a Spider-Man film. But I think they're completely okay with giving us a Deadpool that is the Deadpool that we've come to know and love. Um, and like I said, the fact that he hasn't been recasted, they haven't scrapped it, they haven't talked about, it's something that they'll revisit later on shows you that they get it, and they want to show us that they're willing to give us what we want um, with this character. So to me, I'm not right. freaking out. I, I know they'll give us the best Deadpool um, that we could ask for, and that's all I ask for. Um, but all right, let's move on. Finally, me and Nick can rejoice in the great news. Knights of the Old Republic <laughs> being developed with Avatar EP Lieta, uh these last names are really killing me. What happened to just normal last names? Uh, <laughs> I can't pronounce their last name, um, but she is almost done with the, uh, I believe she's almost done with the script, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this is great. This is truly great. Um, the thing that I'm more curious about is I know we've assumed that the guys from Game of Thrones were going to be doing Knights of the Old Republic. Um, I'm now not so sure. It seems like it could be either so. them or Ryan Johnson that could be developing. Uh, I mean, not developing, directing. Sorry. Um, I don't even Republic. think I wouldn't even narrow the list of those two, man. I, I think it could potentially be somebody else. Honestly. Nah, I think if I think if you're Kathleen, I think um, you're either going to do one or two things. You can let Ryan Johnson create something we've never seen before um, in any uh, capacity, uh, which is the best thing to do because a lot of people don't like what he does when he has source material. So just letting him build from the ground up, smartest thing to do. Game of Thrones, guys. The closest thing in Star Wars mythology to exactly what they just left is Knights of the Old Republic. Um, so it just it makes the most sense to have them come over and do it. Um, I, I'd almost guarantee you that they're the ones doing Knights of the Old Republic. Ryan Johnson, I floated in there because we don't know what he's doing. We just know it's a trilogy. Um, so, I mean, as, as far as directors go for these movies, there's only two that exist right now um, that Kathleen has mentioned are doing a trilogy. So that's why I closed it to those two because she said, um, you know, Knights of the Old Republic is something we'll, we will be getting 
um, probably when we come out of this hiatus that we're going to go into um, after episode nine. So I essentially assume it has to be the two guys from Game of Thrones. Um, but Nick, you've been waiting for this for forever like I have. What are your thoughts on it being confirmed? It's not only being developed, but a script is almost done. Dude, I am super fucking pumped for a multitude of reasons. First of all, um, that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss didn't write this script. <laughs> um, like, that makes me very happy. Um, and we discussed that last week as to why that is. Um, so that that in and of itself, I think, is a positive. Um, when they brought them on, I thought they were bringing them on to write and develop and create their own trilogy. Maybe the reporting was off. Maybe I mis- misread it or misinterpreted it or, or didn't look closely enough to what was being said. Um, but nevertheless, um, I would be totally fine, 100% totally fine with them doing a Knights of the Old Republic that somebody else wrote. Um, I think that would be your best case scenario for, for Disney and Star Wars, um, like uh, especially given that these guys um, have been so immersed in, in, in Game of Thrones for so long and trying to like put all of their effort into that. The fact that like they would be coming in, already have a script, can go from there, can maybe work with the screenwriter on, on various different um, uh, avenues forward, um, that – in and of itself, uh, I think would probably be a better format than like charging them with writing the script. Um, I, I, I as, as good as as they did with actual source material, um, when they weren't shown to have that source material, their their ability to write and tell a narrative, that there was an obvious drop off uh, in quality um, and ability. Now. You can chalk that up to them rushing through it, whatever. But like, I I think that is undeniable um, that 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 was a casualty um, of them not having uh, source material to go off anymore. Um, so I would love it, uh, and, and it would get me even a little more excited to to know that they are going to be directing the, this first movie, but didn't write the script for it. And then maybe you develop them in and have them work with various different people. Um, you know, as showrunners, they have that ability, um, you know, to have had worked with various different people um, as far as setup and everything else. Um, and like I said, you know, if if you're you're charging them to to make a trilogy, they're going to make a trilogy. I would like to think they're not going to rush through it um, like they did with Game of Thrones because they know what they're getting into. They're making a trilogy. They're making one, two, three, and then you know that's it. So you have a start, an end, and a middle, and you know you 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 charge them with that. They know what they're getting into. Like hopefully they wouldn't get into something that they would think would burn them out. Um, and making you know. Six hours worth of content. Um, I mean, that's basically six episodes of Game of Thrones. Uh, they made what? <laughs> I want to say seventy-three episodes of Game of Thrones. Um, so, like that to me seems like something that would be, um, 
you know, and given the amount of time that they would be given and all of that, seems like something that they could um, uh, really, you know, develop the necessary um, – devote, excuse me, devote the necessary amount of time um, into, uh, you know, getting all of the pieces where they need to be. And, yeah, I mean, dude, Knights of the Old Republic, it, I have contended that my my favorite version of it would be like a, a, a three-season, ten-episode television series. Um, but maybe that's just not as feasible because of the the budget that it would take and everything. Um, but it definitely needs at least a trilogy of movies. Uh, and, you know, like the fact that it seems like we're inching ever closer to actually getting it. Ah, dude, I'm just super fucking bumped. Can't wait. Like every Star Wars fan um, out there uh, has always – like dreamt of seeing this on the big screen um, since it was, um, uh, you know, essentially came out in video game format. And I, you know, I just think there's so much cool story to work with here, so much various source material that you can pull from. Um, and then it, like taking that and utilizing um, your own nuanced ideas and everything, um, they can make a badass trilogy. I think that would, I think, Kathleen Kennedy understands Star Wars fans to some degree. Obviously, she like took a misstep with Ryan Johnson with The Last Jedi, which I still contend is a very good movie, and I enjoyed it, but a lot of Star Wars fans didn't. Um, but like, you know, I I think you know going to something like this that she knows will excite Star Wars fans once again um, is is a like really good idea. It's a it's a safe idea, um, and there's still so much that can be done with it. So it kind of hits all of the necessary things that you would want it to hit, um, and then you can get your more like you said, Juwan, your more um, out there, you know, sort of uh, creative, what have you, uh, like crazy, like from scratch idea from Ryan Johnson and what what he wants to do. Um, so I think it's the best of both worlds that you can kind of go with there um, to kind of try to hit all Star Wars fans. And I love it. I can't wait. I hope we, we get some confirmation very soon that, um, you know, uh, that kind of gives us uh, the the last little bit of confirmation that we need to actually know that um, not only is it – has a script been written and, and it's in development – that, but that like they're but, like casting for it, and it's it's actually going, and like here's a a date when we can expect it, um, and and all of that, um, all of those little bits of confirmation that we would need to actually know that it's going to be a reality. That's all I ask for. That is all I ask for. Give me Malgus. That that that's it. <laughs> uh, Tia, uh, what are your thoughts on Knights of the Old Republic being developed? Um, and pretty much script almost being done. Are you excited for it like we are? I hope so. You better be. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just going to let you two talk about that because I don't really know what the Knights of the Old Republic is. I'm sorry, guys. All right, perfect. So, no, that that's <laughs> fine. When when we when we meet up next time, like for New York Comic Con or whatever, best believe I'm going to show you the um, – the, the trailers for the game all cut together 
so then you could see it and be like, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool. Like, at least if I get that from you, I'm good. Um, okay. But, yeah, I, I, I will say that this, this is going to be an event unlike anything, um, if done right. Um, and hopefully it is done right. I did want to not correct Nick, but kind of, like, highlight one thing you said. It's not been confirmed um, that they are directing this movie. So their project could be something they are originally writing and directing. Because that report that you were talking about is true. That, that, that you didn't misread it. You didn't mishear it. That was true that they were supposed to be writing and developing um, and, and directing their own trilogy. Now, plans change. So could there have been um, a change of plans where they've now gotten a writer um, and they're just directing it or they helped write it? Um, yeah, sure. But the original report was they were writing and directing. That's why I said, if you're a fan that's nervous about Ryan Johnson, it could be his trilogy. If you're a fan that uh, really hated the last season of Game of Thrones, again, there's no confirmation they are doing Knights of the Old Republic. We assume that because of their background from Game of Thrones. Um, so I don't want it to set in stone that we're saying, no, 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 it's their movie. They're they're directing it. They got a writer. Right. We don't know that yet. So that, that possibility is still out there that they could write and direct their own uh, trilogy uh, to which if you're, if you hated the last season of Game of Thrones, you're terrified by, um, if you don't <laughs> hold them to just that one season, then you're okay with, but it is not set in stone who is directing Knights of the Old Republic. We only know who's writing it. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that was clear um, before people come at us for saying, oh, you guys told us it no, 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 we didn't. <laughs> no, we didn't. We're assuming. <laughs> We're only assuming. Uh, we are not reporting. I want that to be clear. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully they are the ones directing it. They have someone who's passionate about it, uh, writing it. That is one thing also I want to say Hollywood should really get back to when it comes to um, whether it's video game movies, superhero movies, uh, live, live ads, whatever. Um, have someone write it that's passionate. Because what I've been seeing is you're just having someone write it. Like, do we know if they're passionate? Like, you can have a passionate director, but the script is bad. Um, and, and the director is just directing the best possible movie he can around that bad script. We've seen it done numerous times. you got to get a writer. Yeah, basically what passionate. Miguel Sapochnik had to do in the last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> so, to me, it's um, – if, if, if uh, Leita is, is passionate about Knights of the Old Republic, and that's why she um, wanted to write it, was selected to write it. Um, I, I, I love that. But please don't just go, oh, man, she was the EP for Avatar. That was a really good movie. Cool. You want to come do Knights of the Old Republic? And she's like, it's a paycheck. Sure. No, 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 no. <laughs> right. I want it to be you wanted to do it. Um, you sought out to do it. And now that you got the job, you're going to give us the most accurate form of Knights of the Old Republic that you could give us. That's all I asked for. That, that is legit Absolutely. all I asked for. Um, so hopefully that's what we get. Um, but all right, let's move on. Um, I saw this topic, and I'm like, did I? Did we go over this already? And then I'm like, I don't think we did. Sonic to be pushed back to next year um, for them to get the designs just right. Now, here's my issue with that. Uh, my issue is anytime you're doing a live adaptation, again, 
um, or comic book movie or whatever, it's always smart to put the photo out um, of the idea of what you want your character to look like ahead of time. That way, in today's society, we can tell you how much we hate it for you to fix it, or we can tell you how much we love it for you to maybe just touch up a few things, um, but perfect that look. Um, yeah, and, don't don't me, put a veiled don't put out a veiled image that like looks different than what you actually put out in the first trailer. <laughs> right, right, and to me that that's very important. As, as crazy as it sounds, because I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, they're here to make movies; they're not here just to. I get that, but to me, you going back and reshuffling the deck shows that, like, you get that if you had released this movie, we would have pooped on it so hard, um, you would have had no opportunity <laughs> to make a sequel to it. Um, because if I can't look at your main character, it throws everything off for me. Um, right. So I, I, we, when we saw Detective Pikachu, they still air the trailer. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, even Sonic's face looks just like the the main lead. Um, can't remember his name. Their faces look the same, and I'm like, who who okays this? Like again, right. this is the situation of you either have a director or a writer or an executive producer or a producer or whatever who is not a fan of the character. They just want to make money off of his life, yeah. and this is the result of it. So that's why I said it's very important someone in that mix is passionate because if you're not, you got to do what you're doing right now. Um, but Nick, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't take up too much time. I'm sorry. Nick, what are your thoughts on Sonic being pushed back to next year for them to improve the design of Sonic? I like it. Um, I'll keep this real brief. I like it because we said at the very beginning, I think Kanan was the biggest champion of this idea. Like, let's not force these um, visual effects designers um, to to you know work overtime to try and fix your fuck up um, to get the movie out at the same like at the same deadline um, because you know you essentially didn't you know know what you were doing from the beginning and tasked them to create this design that was going to be so um, controversial not even controversial like universally hated. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I like the fact that they're basically extending uh, the time so that you know it gives these animators hopefully the, the proper amount of time um, to, to work on this, um, and they, they don't feel like they have to pull you know 12, 16 hour days um, consecutively uh, to meet a certain deadline. It just makes so much sense to me. Um, and I also liked the 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 you know. Um, the tweet that the director sent out and saying, um, and, and this is this is funny too because like the director has kind of been like the 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 lead on this this whole story, um, the ongoingness of this story, and basically coming out and saying yes, we're going to redesign it. We've heard your you know heard your complaints, um, and he was the one who came out and said we're going to extend it. Uh, we're we're going to postpone the release of the movie, um, and then you know put put a hashtag. Uh, no animators were harmed in the making of this movie, um, so I gotta give him some props there. Like that, that's that's a good, um, like a, a really uh, like kind of good and meta way um, of a, of approaching uh, you know this delay. And I think everybody will understand it. Everybody will get behind it, and it was probably the best decision for them to do. 
Right. And before you finalize anything, when you get a good look, a look you're comfortable with, post it. Don't don't worry about what, whatever the backlash is, good or bad, post it. Because yeah. if what you post do that is shit hold, so we can see it and, and, and universally approve of it. Yes, I agree. Right. 100%. Because if what you do is hold it till the second trailer, it, it, it it's not going to be great for you. It's not going to be great for you, um, re- regardless of what the new look um, looks like. Just save yourself the trouble. Post it as soon as you get something you're comfortable with. Um, post it, you know, like like you're just saying, Nick, have the director post it, have some funny little caption to it, um, like happy now, something along those lines. Um, but just post it, let us see it, and then tell you like, all right, cool. All right, yeah, let's let's go through with this movie. Or you should probably put it back more, like, and work harder. Um, or call the, the original creator of the game um, or designer and let them be the ones that help you. Um, but again, this is the perfect example of if you don't have anyone passionate, I'm not saying they don't, but if your whole premise is a cash grab, um, you don't focus on small things like let me not let Sonic look like a human being and more of a head a hedgehog. Um, you know, just something simple like that. You know, Michael Bay would have been great to do that with Ninja Turtles. But anyway, uh, Tia, what are your thoughts on Sonic being pushed back to next year for them to get the designs right? I think it's a good idea because obviously there was that massive backlash about his design as soon as the trailer came out, which was so horrific and you guys were talking about it so brilliantly. But I think that we had done a GVL maybe a few weeks ago right when it had come out um, that they were going to go back in and redesign the character. And I think it was Nick who pointed out that um, with it still trying to keep its original theatrical date that with it rushing we could potentially have like a worse job than we already got to see so this way with them pushing the date back having more time to go in and change the design is I think a good idea on their part and honestly no one is like what do you mean I'm so upset I want to see that movie exactly when it came out so I mean I don't think anyone is sitting there going oh shoot I gotta wait longer for it to come out it's like no I gotta wait it's probably more months. what <laughs> exactly I don't think anyone is sitting there like that disappointed I think it's a good idea on their part because Oof! That I saw a picture of it the other day, and I was like, "Oh, it's even worse than before." All I could focus on were the teeth. Um, so I think it's a good idea for them to push it back because they need some serious help with Sonic. A hundred percent. And the fact that they obviously want this franchise to be something that they could build into a franchise, it'd be best if you know you make it easier to look at the guy you're telling me I have to for <laughs> possibly the next 10 years. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, just be smarter. Um, <laughs> but all right. They're going to uh, come out with something that looks like even worse, and we're going to be like, oh, why did we ask for this? Or we should have just kept the original design. What the fuck? Listen, oh, God. listen it, it, the original thought that I have is you can't get worse than how bad <laughs> that original one looked. <laughs> um, but then I'm just like, they'll find a way. They'll, they'll Isn't find a way. Isn't it Sony? It is Sony, I it's, believe. Yeah, uh, I believe it's Sony. God. We'll, well look, Venom was watchable, 
So as long as Sonic can be That's that, uh, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not as hard on Sony anymore as as I used to be. Venom was watchable. Like I, it had rewatch value. Uh, I saw it again the other day. So. Like that's all you could really ask for, because no one thought they could. Yeah, even but do like that. anything with Tom Hardy has has rewatchability, so it, I you agree. Know, there's that. I I completely agree with you on that one. No argument. No, I really can't watch that Chris Pine Reese Witherspoon movie more than once. Uh, Sorry. Oh, this is I call this war or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah, this <laughs> war. Sorry. I don't know. I've I've only seen it once, but I thought it was fine. It was charming, I guess. No, no, no. Hear me. I thought it was good for that one watch. I'm saying that <laughs> is the one Tom Hardy movie that does not have rewatchability because I'm not watching sure. that movie again. Um, okay, but all right, fair let's, enough. Let's move on. Uh, I want to work in a really quick topic um, only because it just really infuriates me. Um, and it's about Todd McFarlane <laughs> uh, continuously making this Spawn movie the hardest thing um, he, he's now saying that, because again, let's remember, he's still shipping this movie around. Um, he would like, uh, Blumfield to take it. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, I, I think, Blumhouse? whatever, regardless, Blumhouse. Thank you. Blumhouse. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I knew I was saying it. Something was wrong. Blumhouse. Yeah. You're Blumhouse like, wait, to take it. that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as it came out of, out of my mouth, I'm like, no, 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 grab that back in. That's not right. Um, Blumhouse. <laughs> Um, which is a perfect place to take Spawn uh, because they could do great things with him. He's now telling them um, that if they make him change anything in the script, he's walking. This is, again, the same guy who told us he was going to make this movie. He said they make him change too much of the script. No, I thought I had the the direct quote of if they made him change anything from the script because he thought the script was perfect. Okay, uh, one of us is wrong, but I think 100%. what he said was if they if they make me change, I think what he said was something to the effect of if they make me change the script too much or or too many things in the script, then I, I will walk. Um, but okay. I could be wrong. Now the funny thing about someone saying that means you have an idea that they probably won't like what you have as a script. Um, okay, so here, here's a quote from him, from gvnation.com. Follow us for all the up-to-date articles. Um, the money's sitting on the sidelines ready to go. I just need to get everyone that wants to put in money to shake their hands to the same script. As you can imagine, everyone has a slightly different version of it in their head. You just go in trying to appease a handful of people while not giving in to what it is that I'm trying to do myself. Because if I have to change too much, change it too much, I'll just walk away from it all. All right, so Nick, you were clearly yeah. right. So when you said one of us yeah, is wrong, well, I'm like 100%. Um, but I'll say well, really yeah. quickly, this is the same guy who did uh, start off by saying that it was going to be a million-dollar budget. Um, Todd yeah. McFarlane is the exact yeah. example of when I told you guys back when this first uh, was came out that he was making this movie – if you created a character that does not give you the right to direct and write the movie, you are too close to it. You have in your head exactly what it should be, but what you forget is there are people who have never heard of Spawn that need to be entertained also. That's usually what a movie company um, leans more towards doing is helping appease the people 
who have never seen, heard, or thought of this character before. Um, so the idea that you're writing it and directing it is just as absurd as when I thought Rob Liefeld was trying to write the first Deadpool, and I was like, nope, 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 don't do it. Do not do it. But Nick, very quickly, your thoughts on um, Todd McFarlane's quote that I just read to you. Yeah, I mean, I think he's trying to like draw a line in the sand and just basically being like, like I don't mind changing a few things, but if you want me to compromise my idea, the idea of my movie, and essentially from what I have gathered with the the various topics that we've discussed via the idea of this movie, it's not going to be a, a whole lot about Spawn. It's going to be like a, 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 a detective story, and Spawn's going to almost be like a secondary character. Um, and that's the story that he wants to tell. I'm very intrigued in seeing that story, and so like I don't – like I agree with him in the sense I don't want someone to come in and say, no, we need more Spawn, um, and he's like, no, no like we, we don't need more Spawn. Like this, this story is what I want to tell, um, so I applaud him for being like this is the story I want to tell and, and for having some avenues with which that he can um, you know, give up some stuff that he wants in, in, in his script. Um, but to your point, I will say that it did always fear um, – the, my biggest fear was always that he would be um, a little too close to the project, a little too steadfast, and, and maybe wouldn't make the right compromises, um, the necessary compromises in order to get the movie made. Um, so I, I just think you it, – it, it's a fine line. You have to walk – that fine line and figure out what the compromises are um, and hopefully they can make those compromises and get this movie. Well, I'm going to say this right now. You casted Jamie Foxx, which means if Blumhouse is the one to take it or Sony, which is another name out there, the first thing they're going to tell you is you got to give more, more screen time to Jamie Foxx. That's the first thing mm-hmm. they're going to tell you. So if you're saying right. you don't want that much spawn, that's the first thing they're going to tell you like, all right, then cool. You know, go somewhere else because I, no one. Right, but if Jamie Foxx backs it, like, no, here, here's my like, thing. It's it's not about that. It's about you have to market this movie. Now, again, he has two solid casts. So you market it with a lot of Jamie Foxx, and then you don't put him in the movie that much. You get everyone to right. come out, and like and all then, those people who thought they were gonna get a bunch of Jamie Foxx, hopefully get to see a good movie, and they're not ultimately super disappointed by not getting a lot of Jamie Foxx. That's your goal. I hear you. I hear you. And that's obviously the most logical way to do it. I'm telling you that a lot of these companies that he's going to ship it to won't feel comfortable in that. They will tell oh, you I to agree. just put more Jamie Foxx in it. Um, so you I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now, if that's his line in the sand, we can just go ahead and erase the, the line because it's going to be stepped over a billion times per company he goes to with the logic of, I have Jamie Foxx, but I don't plan on using Jamie Foxx a lot doesn't make sense. That's why I said Amari Hardwick, um, who plays Ghost on Power, the perfect compromise because he's not a name big enough that people are going to want to say, I need a lot more of that guy. Jamie Foxx, not the guy you, you tease people with. Um, but Tia, right. your thoughts on the um, the quote from Todd McFarlane? Well, it, it definitely sounds tricky. I think that as you guys are saying, you have – the studios, as someone like Jamie Foxx, right, they're going to want to put him a lot in the movie. I think that there's going to be a lot of tug and pull. Um, 
if this project does happen to move forward, we're going to be seeing reports that there's disagreements between Todd McFarlane and the studios, um, just kind of rewrites and compromises over the scripts. I think that that's definitely something that we're going to see if they kind of just let Todd McFarlane, I guess, do what he wants to do um, and just have faith in him. That could be another story. But my one thing, like, and I know this is probably a poor example, and you guys can disagree with me, but, like, Baby Driver, right? Jamie Foxx is in it. Um, and he wasn't necessarily, like, the main character or anything. And I know that you had other big names, but mostly your main character was someone who wasn't the biggest household name, and people like John Hamm and Jamie Foxx took more so of a backseat, and it seemed like that was okay, so maybe if they see like, hey, you know, Jamie Foxx in this movie still brought people in, but he wasn't necessarily at the forefront, if they could kind of take that into account, maybe they would then be okay with having him in the movie, but not so much ever present, if that makes sense. Which Motherfucking me, I, I, get, style. I get completely what you're saying, and I, I agree to a, to a, to a point to what you're saying. But to me, the biggest thing is, then you can't call the movie Spawn. Like, that's out of the question. Don't call it Spawn. Because if you're calling you it can. Spawn, the movie the movie is about Spawn, and you're telling me I'm only getting a little... That's like telling me, hey, you're getting a Batman movie, but it's like it's going to be about Gordon, not really Batman. Like, what? No, Dude, that's stupid. They made a whole Don't call it Spawn. Batman movie that was about the Joker. Like, come on, dude. Yes, but who did you see more in that movie, Christian Bale in Bat as Batman or the Joker? I don't know. Probably Christian Bale. It was never I would questioned, guess, but like it was never questioned but, whose movie it was. You clearly got a lot of Batman. Well, All I'm but saying that's what is, I'm saying. Just but hear me. I'm saying that he's saying it's going to be a little bit of Spawn. If if the Dark Knight was a little bit of Batman and all Joker, that, that movie wouldn't make sense. What are you selling me here? I so I get feel like it was of, the Joker's movie, though. Like, it was definitely okay, the Joker's let me, movie. Let me say this. Let me say this. What if they make it? What, what? Okay. What if they make it where it is Spawn's movie, but he's got the same amount of screen time as the Joker had in in that movie? Like, see, that's where I think you could find the 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 bottom no, line. Maybe he doesn't Nick, have the most screen what I'm time, saying is, but it's still his movie. What I'm saying is, I am not a fan of the trickery. You you technically are telling me you want to create a movie that has nothing to do with Spawn, which is fine. I don't if you think want a world case, build, though. Hear I me out. Hear me I out. Don't think if that's you want a world build, world build, and you could say um, Spawn's making an appearance in it, just don't call it Spawn. And then from that, you could make a full-fledged Spawn movie. But don't tell me it's called Spawn, and you're getting a tad bit of Jamie Foxx as Spawn, but the, the movie is really let about me, the detectives and everything like that. That's essentially what let, Gotham was. You were telling me, like, hey, we're building towards Batman, but Batman right now is 10 years old. No, just don't have Bruce Wayne in the show. Make it purely about Gordon and the cops, and then you could bring him back towards the you know fourth, fifth season where he's like 18, 20, and then, then you could build towards Batman. But don't try to sell me this show knowing I love Batman and that's what I want, but you're only going to give me a tad bit of it. That, to me, is well, unnecessary. Me, Just make your own thing and then adapt the thing that we want. Let me try to end this really quickly just by saying this. Um, Silence of the Lambs, 
had Anthony Hopkins in it for all about 19 minutes. Who is the most – like? and I'll answer the question because it's rhetorical. Anthony Hopkins is the most memorable part of that movie. If you give me a Spawn movie where Spawn has that same kind of gravitas, um, but he but he has like you know close to the same amount of screen time, I'm totally fine with it. Like I'm totally fine with there being these two detectives trying to figure out some murders, and Spawn's the one who does it. Essentially, them being the Jodie Foster character and Spawn being the Hannibal Lecter character, and then you know having the big bad be Buffalo Bill. Like I'm totally fine with that dynamic. I don't know why you wouldn't be able to call that a Spawn movie. Because to me, it's the equivalent of you telling me like, hey, man, all right, you guys are huge fans of Jay-Z. All right, cool. Check out this album. I listened to the album, and Jay-Z's on it for one song. No, you were selling the album off the likeness of the fact that we love Jay-Z. There's no need to do that. You sell the album the way you sell an album. I don't think that's a proper analogy. It is, because you're telling me, like, hey, it's a Rockefeller album. Um, Jay-Z's going to be on it, and he's, he's going to go crazy on this album. I'm like, all right, can't wait. Listen to it. He's on one song. And what if, and what if in that one track out of ten, he, like, fucking kills it, and it's the best fucking, fucking rap, best beat, best spit that he's ever fucking had in his whole goddamn life? Like, right, but I spent again, money on the idea of a Jay-Z album. You gave me a song. Just don't sell me the. Just tell me it's the song. Again, that, that's I don't. All I'm I don't saying. think that's the proper analogy. I don't think it's the proper. Just analogy. make it clear. Just come out. Make it clear that this movie is very loosely attached to Spawn, and it's purely about the detectives. And just don't call it Spawn. That's all I'm asking. But just don't think, call it Spawn. I think he already has, but you have to call it Spawn because that's that's what you. That's what you're billing. That's what that's what's gonna sell it. But he's been. I think he's been clear. All along, that like Spawn is going to be like this almost behind the scenes character, and I'm totally fine with that. I'm still totally fine with you calling it Spawn. Like it's you still just, about Spawn. It's about it's about it's about these characters discovering Spawn, and we are rediscovering I, Spawn in this new um, this new story, and that's totally. I fine. get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but you're 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 definitely trying to take advantage of likeness, and that's what I don't like. But anyway. Thank you guys for listening to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. Stay tuned for Geeks Against the Grain in Top 10 this weekend and our shows this week. Um, Full Court Press, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, Stay tuned for all that, and we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace.